Hey there, Restaurant Pros, it's Dave Scott Peters, and welcome to episode 16 of the Restaurant Prosperity Formula. I've been coaching restaurant owners since 2003, and the Restaurant Prosperity Formula is based on what the most successful restaurant owners I've worked with do on a daily basis to achieve their success. The basic premise of the formula centers around achieving prosperity, freedom from your restaurant, and the financial freedom you deserve. To achieve prosperity, you have to follow a very specific formula made up of leadership, systems, training, accountability, and taking action. Today's topic centers around the key to moving your business forward and working toward transforming your life and business. In this episode, I want to share with you how you can survive the oncoming storm. As states start relaxing restrictions and shots are going in arms, I have members who are sharing with me that they are experiencing record sales. Are you in a position to handle the surge in business? Listen in as I share with you not only the key systems you need to have in place, but the mindset shift that is critical to your success. The beautiful part about this episode is that everything I'm going to share with you has already been put into place by hundreds of restaurant owners before you. So let's get started. There's a storm coming. Are you prepared? States are relaxing restrictions. The population is getting shots in arms. People can't stand being confined to their homes. And after a year of restrictions, people want things to go back to normal so badly. What does this mean for you, the restaurant owner? Well, you probably don't have enough team members to handle the business that's coming. Heck, I just had a group coaching call where three slash four of my members talked about having record sales. I'm not talking about pandemic record sales. I'm talking about record sales. As business starts opening back up, people want to get back out. And the truth of the matter is, even for my members, they were in a position where they had to jump in that business to handle it, right? They weren't looking forward enough or it just came out of nowhere and they need to be able to handle it. So what is causing some of this? Well, number one, we've got that unemployment thing, right? Whether it's the old $600 extra or the $300 who just got approved, we've got some young employees that are finding it, well, more profitable for them if they stay home, sit on their ass. Now, do not get me wrong. I think that stimulus, that extra money is extremely important for that single mother who's got to raise her family, who doesn't have money for daycare, who working two jobs and so on. I think it's a lifeline. However, there is an unintended consequence that we feel in the restaurant business of people going, hey, why should I go to work? I'm on the dole. Well, some of the people don't come back to work because of fear. Well, let's hope shots and arms are going to change that. And quite honestly, 40% of restaurants have closed. That means, you know, there's choice, opportunity. Every restaurant's looking for people. So now we're back to that position where, hey, I'm in high demand. I get to choose where I want to be. So that creates a challenge for us. What else might be giving you, know, giving you some headaches? You probably don't have enough supervision. Why? Because of the pandemic, we cut back supervisor hours. We demoted people. We, got, we furloughed managers. We jumped back in to do everything ourselves again. And you know, if you follow me for any length of period of time, I want to fire you. I want you to work on your business, not in your business. But the pandemic, we've got to do whatever we've got to do. And it pulled you. It drew you back into your business, doing things that you had stopped doing forever. Right? You were on the line again. You were seating people. You were doing whatever it took to survive. Well, there's one more thing. You probably don't want to jump the gun. Think about it. Oh, why do I want to hire more people? Why do I want to change what I'm doing when the states 
at a moment's notice, just a snap of their fingers, they're changing the rules on us. And depending on where you are in the country, you've either had really lax rules and it's been no big deal, or you've been on damn near full shutdown on and off several times coast to coast. So we've got a little pent up fear. Here comes that storm. You don't have enough people. You don't have supervision. And hey, we're, we're gun shy for making change. So what do you need to have in place to be able to handle the oncoming storm? That's really important. Well, first, you have to change your mindset or make sure you've got the right mindset. What do I mean by that? Do you have a growth mindset or do you have a fixed mindset? Well, the pandemic has created a lot of restaurant owners who are suffering from a fixed mindset. What is a fixed mindset? It's something that's extremely limiting to you. People with a fixed mindset sit there and think failure is a limit of my abilities. Meaning as soon as I fail, that's, that's the best I can do is the moment I get to failure, that's it. Why try any harder? They think I, I'm either good or I'm not. Well, quite honestly, it's not about natural ability. It's about willingness to learn it and what you do to do so. And quite honestly, a lot of our failures are great learning experiences. We'll talk about that. They often think in this fixed mindset, my abilities are unchanged. Right, whatever you were given, God gave you, you know, certain abilities, and that's all you're ever going to have. And that's not really true. Hey, they think I'm gonna to stick to what I know. Oh my goodness, this couldn't be further from, from what successful people do. And last but not least, often that person with a fixed mindset says, Hey, when I'm frustrated, I just give up. How many times have you tried to go down this road of implementing systems and input change and you have the one, two, three key employees going, it's too hard and you give up because you say, I tried. Trying is not good enough. You should know if you've been following my podcast for any length of time that in past episodes, I've shared with you success stories of my most successful members from their own words. And they've been able to show you how they've led their restaurants forward during the pandemic with some incredible results. So if you've not heard them, I encourage you to go back on your favorite podcasting service, whatever you're listening to me right now, and go backwards episode after episode and find those interviews, those inspirational stories of the restaurant owners I've worked with and the incredible change they've made all during the pandemic. And I can tell you to a person, these restaurant owners are driving their businesses and lives using a growth mindset, right? Not a fixed mindset, but a growth mindset. What is a growth mindset? Well, I'm going to tell you, these people think failure is an opportunity to grow. Hey, a lot of us looked at this pandemic froze. 40% of us closed. If you're still open, you're already one of those people that can really impose will, make things happen. But did you just survive or did you start to make that change, seeing that these challenges were an opportunity for you to grow? People with this growth mindset think, I can learn to do anything I want. There are no limiting beliefs. There's no social stereotypes. It doesn't matter education, race, nationality. I don't care what it is. Somebody with a growth mindset says, man, I can learn anything I want to do but they want to. These people look at challenges and say, challenges help me to grow, right? That, that which doesn't kill me, right? You've heard that before. Well, the truth of the matter is there's always challenges. You're in the restaurant business. There's challenges every single day. And we've got to put ourselves in a position where 
we look at these challenges, not as problems, but as challenges. And that should key that for you. People with a, a growth mindset say, my effort, my attitude determine my abilities. See, it's that, it's that thought process. We don't let that negative tape recording go over and over and over again, right? That recording that keeps saying, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. Well, that's that fixed mindset. Instead, we think if you've got a growth mindset, I'm gonna learn it. I'm gonna work my ass off. I may have to work harder than most people, but I'm determined, I have an attitude that I'm going to do this. I'm gonna make that a part of my abilities. Last but not least, somebody with a growth mindset, they say, I'm inspired by others' successes. See, that's the beautiful part, is when you are truly, truly in a growth mindset, you look at other successes and you go, that is awesome. I'm inspired by that. I could do what they do versus jealousy and, oh, they're just lucky or whatever it may be. We see positives in it. Well, I can tell you this. Those members, people I've worked at that have that growth mindset, they use the pandemic as their opportunity to become better. They understood they don't know what they don't know and they needed to learn and ultimately they weren't afraid to take action. So where do you find yourself? Are you stuck in your ways? And do you stick with what you know? Or do you, well, do you like to try new things and find feedback constructive? Are you suffering from a fixed mindset or are you soaring with a growth mindset? That's a really important question. Think about it right now, assess yourself. Are you stuck in your ways or are you always looking to become better? And it's one thing to say, I'm looking to become better. Are you willing to risk things and change? Look, if you're stuck with a fixed mindset, your job is to do everything to break that cycle. You must open your mind to possibilities. If you're already in a growth mindset, keep on trucking, baby. Keep moving forward on your journey of growth. Look, I'm gonna reiterate that my most successful members were willing to reach out for help, willing to learn new ways to operate their businesses and never let limiting beliefs stop them from making change happen. Heck, Anthony Robbins, you should probably have heard that name over the last few decades. Anthony Robbins is a motivational speaker and an information marketer. And he has built an incredible business teaching people how to model successful people to achieve personal success, right? See what a successful person does and do what they do. Well, it's the same thing in the restaurant business, it's no different. I believe that's why my members are attracted to my Restaurant Transformation Intensive Group Coaching Program. Why? Because they're attracted to other people. They look at those successes and so on. They provide what? By coming in here to the RTI program, they're provided a very specific plan for success. What successful restaurant owners before them have done. They learn the ins and outs of the systems those members, those owners have used to be successful. And the other part is by joining that program, they're surrounded by other successful restaurant owners who keep them motivated and understand the journey they're on because you know the deal. You could talk to anybody who's outside our industry and they just don't get it. So they want to learn. They'll follow the plan that's given to them. They surround themselves with people like them 
that keep them motivated with that same mindset. So after mindset, if you get that all set and you put yourself in that growth mindset, what do you do? What do you have to put in place to be prepared for this ongoing storm? Well, let me give you a list. Number one, you need checklists. Checklists, opening and closing side work checklists for every position. You're changing your culture into a culture where the details matter. You also need to learn to hold the right people accountable. The managers are responsible for everyone's checklist, not the employee. See, if you can't put checklists in place, if you can't get managers to follow the checklist, what makes you think the bigger systems are going to be put in place and people are going to do them on time to your level of efficiency, expectations, right? What the job is, how to do it, how well it should be done, more importantly, by when. If you can't get them to follow a checklist, what makes you think they're going to do anything else your way? Checklists are the beginning of you imposing your will without being there. That's why the chain restaurants kick our ass. They make sure everything is done their way, even and especially when there's no owner in that building. Number two, budgets. What do you hear me ever say? The two most important systems any restaurant should have are budgets and recipe costing cards. Why? They're both proactive systems. How do you expect to figure out your plan for success if you don't have a budget? You're going to use industry averages? Well, those are completely asinine worthless today. Think about it. You're coming out of COVID where we've pulled back because sales have lowered for most of you. Some of you are lucky and actually thriving because you had a drive-through. But for the majority, you saw 50% or worse reduction in sales. So you pulled back, you pivoted, you changed. You got as efficient as possible, almost to a painful level. And now how do you plan? How do you come out of it? When do you decide to add more people? How do you know? Where's the money coming from? What do you expect to happen? See, a budget allows you to create that plan for success. And while I know you'd rather probably poke yourself in the eye with a pencil than create a budget, it is critical because it's your plan for success based on your location, your price point, your style of service, your product quality, your set of core values, and your state regulations. Minimum wage. Do you have a $15 minimum wage or do you still have $2.13 an hour servers because of a tip credit? right? That justifies where your prime cost needs to be. And all that is decided where in your budget. I'm going to tell you right now, those are the two things we start off with. Don't, doesn't matter what else I give you. If you don't have checklists, creating that culture where the details matter, if you don't have a plan for success, how do you know what success looks like? That's one and two. Now we have a budget. We can move on into systems that'll change our world. Easy ones to start off with. Like number three, what I call the restaurant payroll guardian. You have heard me in the past refer to as the labor allotment system, where I tell my managers how many hours and dollars they have to spend. And couple that with the restaurant labor discrepancy finder, otherwise known as a, a schedule variance, I schedule like I always do, put it next to my budget, and I find that I'm over budget. Hey, chef, you're 14 hours over in the kitchen. And in the old days, you'd say that to your chef and the chef would go, oh, we're a scratch kitchen. You can't expect me to cut people. I am already short staffed. How could I cut hours? Well, when you have a budget, when you know what your budgeted hours are, we still keep our seven servers on for a busy Friday night. We still keep our six cooks on for a Friday night. But instead of bringing them all in at the same, at the same time to play grab ass, we stagger start. So in the kitchen, hey, maybe chef, what if we close the kitchen and made sure they 
set it up for the morning crew. It's par leveled back up. Everything, the line has been changed. It's ready to go. Could you bring in four cooks 15 minutes later if that was done for them? They could start prep the moment they walk in the door. Well, well yeah, that could be done. Well, could that daytime crew, before you start cutting people, completely change the line over for dinner crew and make sure all the prep is ready and it is good to go? Could we do that? Well, yeah, we could do that. So could we then bring in four cooks 15 minutes later in that PM shift? Well, yeah, 15 minutes, we could do that. Well, hey, chef, 15 minutes for four cooks in the morning is one hour. In the evening is one hour. That's two hours a day. There's four, there's seven days in a week. That's 14 hours in a week. Start thinking how you can make change. But you as an owner without a budget, how can you tell them what their labor should be? That's critical. I'm going to tie all the way back to that. Now, one of the things we're going to do, number four, is you've got to do a calculation called full-time equivalents, not for mandated healthcare, the old school way that if I have hourly employees, for every 40 hours somebody can work or people work, if I have two part-timers at 20 hours a week, the two added together is one full-time equivalent, the equal to one full-time employee. But in servers, they want to work as few hours as possible to make their money. So instead, that's five shifts. So if I have somebody works three shifts part-time and somebody two shifts, that's five, they equal one full-time equivalent. Well, by taking their schedule availability, what I refer to as a master schedule, and what your schedule needs are, you're going to be able to calculate your, full, your full-time equivalents, what your schedule needs, and then on your availability, you need to have two FTEs more. Two FTEs more, that sounds like two extra employees. It could be four part-timers, five part-timers, but yes, two, why? Is there a week that an employee doesn't ask for time off? Do you ever find yourself that you have a busy Friday night and that server cries and quits? And then you're like a chicken with your head cut off because you don't have enough employees. Instead, your managers had just enough. Well, we're about to have our ass kicked. So you need to be looking forward, create those, those schedule templates and see how many FTEs you need and then calculate how many you have. And now you can start to see how many people you need to hire. That is critical. Oh, by the way, fitting in your budget. Five, you need great training systems in place. See, it doesn't matter if you hire good people. If you don't train them well, then they're not gonna know the job and you're gonna have all these idiots work for you, by the way. If you ever call your employees idiots, I want to remind you of something. You selected them, you hired them, you train them, you manage them on a daily basis, right? We don't hire idiots, we create idiots. Which brings me to number six that helps stop that, that disastrous cycle is you need to start developing your next supervisors and managers. Because with great supervision, our employees do more. They do their best work. They love structure. What they hate is the inconsistency in management and forcing rules. So it is extremely important that now as we put these systems in place that we're training others to do them, that we can share the wealth because you can't do everything yourself. We must have other managers help us. My most successful members will tell you to a person is that their managers are critical to their success. Number seven. I want you to implement another budgeting system called the Restaurant Checkbook Guardian. Many of you know, have heard me refer to in the past as the purchase allotment system. Well, we have a budget. We know where our food costs should be, our bottled beer, draft beer, wine, merchandise, where those costs of goods sold should be. Well, with some simple 10 minutes of work a day, 15 at best, 
By putting some numbers into the spreadsheet, we can tell our managers how much money they can spend by category, how much food they can purchase on their next order, bottle beer, draft beer, wine, liquor, merchandise. Now we're able to give up ordering without giving up our checkbook. That is critical. Number eight, to go along with my kitchen and in my bar, we're going to put the key item tracker in place. And all this is is counting five to 15 items every single day, in fact, every shift to make sure they don't get stolen. And last but not least, number nine, and again, this are the easy things to put in place that can have a huge impact. The waste tracker in place that we can track dumbass mistakes on a day-by-day basis and we can fix them that day, not 15 days in the next period. Hey, I noticed John has been burning burgers. Let's reposition John, retrain John before he hits the grill independently. Hey, front of house, you know that server Sally? Well, she keeps double ordering. Could you retrain her? reposition her or fire her? Could we stop making the same dumbass mistakes on a daily basis that increase our cost of goods sold? See, when you put these things in place, you set the foundation for all of your systems. From there, those easy things could drop your food costs two to three points, drop your labor costs one to two points easily. It can ensure that you have managers that know what their job is, how to do it, how well it should be done, more importantly by when. Employees that know what their job is, how to do it, how well it should be done, more importantly by when. You have created a culture where the details matter. Then you can get into recipe costs and cards, shelf to sheet inventory, dollars per labor hour worked, and so on. This is the plan. This is your plan for success. Basically, know that I've just outlined your quickest path to restaurant success. And the reality is, you cannot afford not to change what you've been doing. Let me just finish this way. By sharing with you, I want to share with you the most dangerous phrase in your business. That's the way we've always done it. So you get to choose. Are you going to let that storm come and crush you? Or are you going to build a structure, a foundation... That means you not only can weather that storm, but you're going to use its energy to propel you to success. Hey, that was an awesome episode. I want to thank you for taking the time to take action on building a better, more prosperous restaurant. Before you go, I want to give you these three thoughts. One, by combining leadership and taking action with systems and training being checked by accountability, you are on your way to creating prosperity for you and your restaurant. Two, I have something I need from you. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. By leaving us a review, other restaurant pros seeking out this information are able to find it. I read the reviews, and hearing how this information has benefited you does wonders for me. And three, if you find any of the discussions helpful, share them. The more restaurant pros who have access to them, the better we become as an industry. For more restaurant resources or to get in contact with me, connect with me at davidscottpeters.com. Be passionate about what you're doing. Be persistent, but more importantly, become better and help everyone around you become better. And your restaurant is going to kick some ass. If you're tired of not being able to leave your restaurant because no one else knows how to run it, I want to make sure you know it doesn't have to be that way. You can leave your restaurant. It is possible to build a team of people who know how you want the restaurant to run. With these trained and responsible people in place, you can give yourself time away. What would you do if you had time away from your restaurant? Would you sleep better? Would your relationships improve? Would you feel more relaxed? 
These are all things you deserve to experience as a business owner. It's why we own our own businesses. If you would like to learn how to own a restaurant that doesn't depend on you to be successful, click the link in the description to watch a free training course that teaches you exactly what you have to do. Also, be sure to subscribe to get my weekly tips and watch these two videos to get more information and guidance for running a successful restaurant.